the phrase, a peaceful transition of power, came to the fore of our American lexicon after the results of our most recent presidential election. The day after the election, Barack Obama addressed our nation, saying that one of the hallmarks of our American, American democracy is a peaceful transition of power. Our nation and our leaders may be unique in this regard, but we are not the originators of peaceful transitions of power. In our gospel text today, we witness a much earlier transition. Jesus had concluded his earthly ministry and was preparing to return to the Father. But before he left, he prepared the disciples to continue the work of his kingdom. Our gospel lesson begins on the evening of the resurrection. The disciples were hiding in a locked room. Jesus, the man they had given their lives to follow, had been crucified. What would they do without him? Would they return to their homes? Would they continue life as it was before they had encountered Jesus? Could they even return home? Was it safe for them outside of these doors? Was Jesus really raised from the dead? There were rumors saying this was true. The disciples were filled with questions. They were confused. And even though we hear this story referred to as the story of doubting Thomas, on that first day, all of them were filled with doubt. All of them were wondering what was true, what was real, what they could believe. In the midst of this chaos, Jesus came and was present among them. The first thing he says to his disciples when he sees them is, peace be with you. He doesn't say, why do you doubt? Why are you afraid? Why are you hiding? They were conflicted, so Jesus gave them peace. And these words that Jesus speaks aren't just a greeting. Jesus was giving his disciples a gift. He was sharing with them God's gift of wholeness and rest. He was reminding them of what he had offered them before his death. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled and don't let them be afraid. This was the same peace that allowed Jesus to sleep in the bottom of a boat in the middle of a storm. This is the peace that surpasses all our understanding, the peace that guards our hearts and our minds. When the disciples were in doubt, when they were confused, when they were afraid, Jesus gave them peace. This wasn't the first time, and it wouldn't be the last time. Jesus knew that his followers would experience hatred and persecution. They'd have to withstand the chaos of the world. And just as Jesus gave the peace to his earliest disciples, he also gives it to us. We're called to share that peace with others. We share it in our words. We said it to one another earlier in the service, peace be with you. We also share peace in our actions, how we treat our neighbors, how we treat our enemies. Don't underestimate the importance of peace because just as peace is transferable, so is chaos. There are people in this world who are transferring chaos. There are people who like to keep mess going, people who will try to disrupt your peace because they don't have any. 
But we have a peace that the world doesn't give, peace that the world can't take away. Don't let anybody take your peace. You can share it with others. You can give it to others. But nobody can take your peace. I want to pause here and discuss what this peace is. Are we suggesting that everything in our lives will be okay because Jesus gives us peace? In our story, Jesus didn't promise to make the disciples' lives easy. He didn't change their external circumstances. The people who had persecuted Jesus were still outside of those doors. The disciples' lives were still in danger. Today, we still live in a world where children are poisoned by chemical weapons. We live in a world where the mother of all bombs is dropped in Holy Week. We live in a world where the threat of nuclear war is so near. So much of what happens in the world is outside of our control. But that doesn't take our peace. We can have what Howard Thurman called the island of peace within one's own soul. This is the island where we can be our authentic selves in the presence of God. Where we can be at rest from the stress of life. So when life is wearing you down, go to your island of peace. When your partner won't do right, when your kids are going crazy, when your co-workers make you want to go ham, find your island of peace. Be open before God, share your struggles, and re- receive Jesus' gift. And then emerge from behind the locked doors, ready to face your fears in the world. In this ancient transition, Jesus gave his disciples peace. He also gave them his power. Jesus breathed on the disciples and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus, who had driven out demons. Jesus, who had healed the sick and raised the dead. This same Jesus was charging his disciples to continue the work he had begun. The risen Jesus, who now had all power in his hands, was giving that power to the disciples. What is this power that Jesus gave them? It wasn't the power of the military of the Roman government. It wasn't power acquired through wealth, social status, or education. Jesus didn't give the disciples power to retaliate against his persecutors. Jesus didn't give the disciples power to get reservations at the best restaurants in Jerusalem or power to be like Pinky and the Brain and try to take over the world. Jesus gave them a different kind of power. Jesus' power would allow the disciples to withstand persecution. This power would allow them to proclaim the gospel of the Lord. This power allowed them to build a community where all shared their possessions, Jesus gave them power to forgive sin, power to heal, power to love. Like so much of what Jesus did, the sharing of power was countercultural. In a land where power was seized by violence and force, Jesus presented a new model of power. He didn't require that the disciples fight one another for it. He willingly bestowed it on them. Sharing power was not a threat to Jesus. Rather, sharing power was necessary to advance his kingdom, 
to advance a kingdom where there is no longer Jew or Greek, no longer slave or free, no longer male or female. Sharing power advanced a kingdom where all are one in Christ Jesus. This power, God's power, is foolish by the world's standards. The world tells us to pursue power that will advance our own agendas. We want a promotion that will bring us more power. We want more money so that we can have power. We want a car that can own the road, the one that has the most power. But if we aren't careful, the quest for power can lead us to trouble. I was watching a recent episode of the show Survivors. This show is all about gaining power in order to eliminate the other contestants and win the million-dollar prize. On a recent episode, a contestant named Jeff could feel that he was powerless in his tribe. He suspected that he'd be voted out at the next tribal council, so he made a final grab for power. At the tribal council, Jeff attempted to save himself by outing one of his, co- his mates who was transgender. The other tribe members were shocked at Jeff's actions. They thought that as a gay man, he'd understand the harm of outing his friend. But Jeff was desperate and willing to go after power at any cost. After outing his opponent, Jeff realized the magnitude of his transgression. He was remorseful. He was filled with shame. But it was too late. He had already hurt another player. And he didn't just hurt him on a reality show, but he jeopardized this player's family, this player's career, this player's safety. Pursuit of the world's power can make us like Jeff. We might be good people. We might be faithful people, Christian people. But we can become so caught up in our quest for power that we lose sight of our values. We hurt our friends, our families, our communities, even ourselves. But Jesus gives us power that builds us up. Jesus gives us power to help, power to serve others. Jesus is calling us to follow in his way, to peacefully share the power he has given us with the world all around us. You see, the world entices us to keep power for ourselves, but God empowers us to share. The world entices us to rule, but God empowers us to lead. The world entices us to take, but God empowers us to give. The world entices us to lie, but God empowers us to lift others up. The world entices us to hurt, but God empowers us to heal. The world entices us to suit ourselves. God empowers us to serve. Receive God's power. This is the power of love.